Welcome to the Butts and Seeds podcast, episode number 80. Nick, what does that mean? It means we have to do a shot. It means we're doing a shot! We cannot remember to do the shot for the life of us. For those that are new or have not been listening for an extended period of time, every 10 episodes, Nick and I do a shot to commemorate the pain and turmoil that we've had to undergo in the last 10 episodes and to cheers to the future 10. So this week, Nick has whipped up a shot that he made up called a warp pipe. What's it is neon green. We've done this one of the podcasts before, and I had to correct you last time. I completely stole this this recipe. In my head, you made it up. So I'm giving you the credit. So cheers, Nick. Cheers. To ten more. Ah. Mmm. Tasty. It more sour this time than I think. It's a different lime juice. Oh, maybe. You know what that doesn't mix well with? Vodka tonic. Tums. (laughs) I can see that. But uh, yeah, welcome to the Westies Podcast. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. I'm here. Emily, what is it we do here? We take a week-by-week look at the downfall. It's not even slow and inevitable at this point. This the, the It's also a look at the week-by-week. <laughs> we, I said we take a look at the week-by-week downfall of WCW in 2000 now. We're just watching it all go into the flames. Yeah, and this is a rare occurrence because we're watching Thunder. Yeah, usually we're watching the week-to-week Nitros. Yeah. But we've decided to suffer even more this week, I think for some reason. I was noting that, like, there's only a couple of thunders I'm going to make you watch, and all of them kind of have world title implications. That's... So, you say make me watch. We've been watching all of the thunders in between the nitros. Yeah, but, like, you have to take notes. Yeah, yeah make me watch, as if I've never watched the thunder. Yeah, but I don't make you watch. You put it on. Yeah, you can leave the room. <laughs> can I? <laughs> no, because if I leave the room, you're like, oh, let me pause. And the way Nick watches television, it's you watch 30 seconds, and then he pauses and tells you a whole tangent story about whatever we're, lit, we're watching, and then unpauses, and then does the whole thing again. So we are watching, for some fucking reason, NXT Season 3 currently. We've watched Season 1 and 2, but right now we're on Season 3 of NXT, and if you know, you know. And it's hard to get through right now. But Nick is watching it like this, where he will he will watch, and then pause, and tell a story, and then watch, and then pause. And I'm like, I can't get through this fucking episode without pausing i I, I can't i'm trying to bring you joy because i know you're not getting any joy from the actual show i appreciate the attempt but it's just prolonging the shit that we're watching anyway anyway thunder speaking of shit that we're watching today we'll be talking about the january 26th 2000 wcw thunder Live from the MJM Grand Garden Arena, the venue of the show we reviewed for episode one for this podcast. I barely remember it. Good old Las Vegas. Yes. So, and I think we discussed this before. It's like just outside Las Vegas. It's, it's built not actually in Las in Vegas. So I did look up the attendance for this. and you also said the, it was pretty bad. Also for the rating for this show. So the show itself did a 2.5, which is lower than it's been, but not drastically lower than the, the Nitros, so... Mm. That's something. That's something. But in terms of people who were there, there were 6,000-ish people in attendance. Less than half paid. And for scale, Halloween Havoc 98 had 10,000 in attendance. I don't remember how many paid. Probably most of them. And in 1999, it was 8,000 in attendance. Oof. So yeah, things are continuing to go downhill. We're kind of we've noticed as that we before, say every but, week. Yeah, it's not gonna get better. <laughs> it might like slow up a little bit. Uh, the show opens with the Sid NWO recap package, and this is like a long history one. They actually acknowledge oh, Bret yeah. Hart in it. I'm like, what? 
Yeah. They, like, recap the whole Sid storyline with Bret Hart all the way up to Sid getting his world title belt. Yeah. Like, it's almost too much. They they almost recap too far back. A little bit. Yeah. Then get the opening pyro and we see caged heat hanging ab- above the ring. I still don't like that they call it caged heat. No, it's not. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, Mike Tanay, Scott Hudson, and Tony Schiavone on commentary. Though Mike Tanay is the lead commentator hey, for this. Mean Gene is in the ring. He brings out the new WWE champion, Sid Vicious. Sid says he only had one thing on his mind that night, and it was to stand up for WCW. I guess I missed Sid's severe face turn. I really wasn't paying attention. Because, like, it is, it is, like, superhero face now. Like, I knew that it was, like, a slow, like, hey, these guys kind of suck. But now he's he's becoming, like, G.I. Joe. Okay, yeah. In terms of, like, his character. Cause I'm like, yes. Like, I knew, been, I, knew yeah. he, I knew he was a face. I knew he had that turn. But it just, it, it went to Cena levels. Yeah, I mean, the, really, his, his face turn happened after he faced Goldberg and, like, didn't tap out. And then yeah. it was just like, he's a good guy now. It's yeah, like, and, like, it, it was, a, it felt like a slow burn for a little while. And now it's, like... I'm going to thunder punch from the sky. Like, I don't know. Captain fucking America over here. Yeah, he, he has, he has a lot of WCW pride for someone you wouldn't think that yeah. would. He says he was proud to be chosen by WCW to fight the NWO. And then he says, you know, it wasn't meant for the NWO to win everything. I'm like, yeah, it's not It's not 1997. <laughs> yeah, well, it was at one point. He then says he wants an unconditional victory over the NWO, which cues their music to hit. We get Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, the Harris Boys, and lots of women coming out. So many women. Oh my God, so many women. To the point, like, are they on payroll? What is their title? What is their role? Nash says as commissioner, he has to do things he doesn't like and has to abide by the rules. Mm, Does he? Nash then shows the clip that we talked about from last episode from Nitro, where it shows Sid Vicious pitting the wrong Harris brother. The Harris brother is pointing that out to the referee. And then Sid being counted out. Yeah, but that's not on Nitro. That all happens after the show ends. No, it happened during the middle of the show. Or I guess it happens after the, on the commercial break. They, yes. they don't show it on TV is what I'm saying. Yes. However, people who would have seen it here tonight, Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay. Nah, they weren't looking. <laughs> and they're like, they have some sort of comment that almost implies they were like, well, we were just going to pretend. I mean, they probably were. Like, that was probably their plan. They're probably going to look away, pretend they do not see it, and move on. So they're showing the clip, and and on the Nitro, Sid wins with the powerbomb. Kevin Nash is like, oh, and there's the powerbomb, which was outlawed. And I'm like, no, it wasn't for that match. He didn't say that. Oh, I thought it was for that match. No, it was for the main event. <sighs> like, no, keep your bullshit rules straight. Even Kevin Nash can't keep it straight. How can you expect me to keep it straight? So, again, we have to ask. Who's that Pokemon now? <laughs> Why did the main event match happen? In kayfabe. Because cause Kevin Nash wanted to go out there and be big guy. Like, that's it. That's all. That's the only reason. He wanted to go out and showboat. That's why that match happened. Kevin Nash wanted screen time. See, you're doing the me thing where you're giving it more story than the, the writing deserves. Kevin Nash wanted to be on TV. That's why the match happened. So Nash points out the stipulation that Sid lost by countout. Therefore, Kevin Nash is the WWE champion. He asked Dave Penzer to go in and retrieve the title. And Nash says that since he's fair, he books Sid versus Nash and it's one of the Harris brothers. I think it's Ron. Ron. Yeah. In a caged heat match in the main event, Sid cannot use the powerbomb and he has to pin Kevin Nash to win the match. Yes. I also want to note that officially, 
that is counted as Sid winning the title on Nitro, being stripped of it, and then awarded to Kevin Nash. So that is title change five and title change six. Why are you keeping track of it? It's, you know, no reason. Okay. It's not going to balloon out of proportion. I know it's going to balloon, but like... I just want to keep I just want to keep that running tally. Okay. Thoughts on the bullshit? It's bullshit. I mean, it's hard to surprise me at this point. With this stuff, it's just like, fucking, why? Okay. Yeah, and because this isn't advertised at all, it didn't like pop a thunder rating Mm-mm. or anything. No, no one was watching, because why would they? Yeah. Sid won clean. Yeah. Or cleanish. Yeah, as clean as you <laughs> He can. used a guitar, I mean, but... As clean as you can. Yeah. So we have our main event tonight, and the reason we're watching this show. That's it right there. Wow. What a selling point. Commentary then checks in for- formally and addresses the camera. Hype up the main event, which they had a graphic for real quick. It's almost like it was planned. We're also getting it's buff... It's almost like none of this is real. We're also getting buff Bagwell versus the total package. Package. Kidman versus Vampiro. Which is going to be the best match of the night. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Fit Finley. Which is not going to be a good match. The Mamelukes versus Three Count. Which could be an entertaining match. And they also hype up Terry Fung's backup. Yeah. They sure do. They don't really hype it up too much throughout the show is the one saving no, grace. But, but they also keep cutting backstage to Funk and Arn walking around talking to random like nothings well, like they, into closets. they were trying to find Sid. Why? to tell him the plan what's the plan nick <laughs> we'll get there what's the plan we'll get there. yeah mean gene interviewing the maestro gene talks all the vegas acts and like all these classic you know musicians <laughs> gene digs at maestro yeah. in this. it's like <laughs> um i have never seen you on like a marquee in vegas yeah basically you're not a big fucking deal interesting you say that you have been here for years and you made vegas but um i've never seen you on a show the maestro takes offense and leaves it's like, I trained all those guys. You can't even play the fucking piano. What makes you think that you're going to train all can the guys on can't Vegas? Can't even hold the woman's hand. No, can't conduct, that's for sure. What are you conducting? Bubbles? In a recurring segment tonight, the NWO chat in their office. They mumble. About nothing. They just mumble. And then a slot machine is brought into the room. Woo, private casino. We'll get more on this later. We then get the Maestro with Symphony versus Norman Smiley in a hardcore match. They don't really call him Norman Smiley anymore. No, they do not. It's screaming Norman. But Norman's not alone. Norman has about 17 showgirls come out Which with him. Which is great. And then the Maestro gets mad because Norman is outdoing his, intra- his um, entrance. Yes, because Norman's attire is also fantastic. Yeah, the, he's rocking the all-white suit and a white top hat. Yeah, he's not going with the sports jersey anymore for protection. He's just going full Vegas. Yeah. Fuck them Raiders. I loved it. I know they don't exist yet, but fuck them Raiders. Well, they don't exist in Las Vegas. I know. There's, yes. <laughs> yes. The Maestro hits Norman from behind and they go to the outside because the showgirls, I guess, can't evacuate the ring all that quickly. They're wearing those giant feather um, costumes. Yeah, they're going to need a minute. We get a chair shot from Norman and they brawl up the ramp to the back. Scoop slam through a table, and then the Kiss Demon Sarcophagus is here for some reason. Yeah. Norman opens it, and he's just in there. He, like, knocks it open. Like, he, like, does a knock or something, and it opens on its own. He doesn't fully open it with his hands. It, like, does the magic open. And the demon's just chilling. Yeah. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. But oh, God. Norman faints, and the maestro pins him. The, the kiss demon is one that I keep like forgetting is still around. 
Because why is he still around? Again, we'll talk about him when we get to his match. Can we talk about the copyright infringement, though? How is Kiss not mad about this? Because they signed a contract saying you Oh, do is this, this contracted? Yeah. Oh, okay. This match was kind of nothing. I liked Norman's entrance, and that's kind of it. Yeah, Maestro continues to be nothing. Yeah, I don't know how long he's around for. I like the idea of his gimmick. I just want him to do something better with it. You, you just want a better wrestler to have it. Not even. I just want somebody with more um, charisma to have it. Someone who can do something more with it. I don't care if you're a shit wrestler. Like, I just want you to be a better showman. I want like Davian Sandow to have that gimmick. He would be great at that. Exactly. Which I just saw a clip. He appears in uh, the newest season of I, I Think You Should Leave. Damien Sandow does? Yeah. Oh. For this show, we get an immediate cut to gambling in the NWO office. They're just there. I mean, out. yeah, they have their, their slot machines that came in. I think they have some sort of like poker table. Yeah. And they're just having a great time doing personal gambling in their private room. It doesn't seem like Kevin Nash is ready to have a main event match tonight. No. We get Lex and Liz chatting backstage, and they have like a special sting chair, which doesn't, it doesn't play into anything play, tonight. Yeah. And but they say they're going to start making examples of the men in WCW. And they're going to make an example out of Buff, because Buff and Sting have always had such a great friendship. And yeah, like, did you know that Buff and Sting were best friends? Like, what? I thought Sting's best friend in WCW was Lex. I thought that was the whole point. Yeah, I don't know, man. But no, he and Buff, tight. Apparently. Besties. Go to match number two. It is the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea or... Taff Cappy. With Paisley versus, second match of the podcast, Kid Romeo. Still underwhelming. <laughs> I noted, one has special lighting and a manager. The other one got squashed on Nitro. Wonder who's winning this tournament match. Yeah. Also, for those keeping score at home, Paisley, Charmel. Yes. One in the same. I feel like we still have not seen a graphic for this WCW Cruiserweight title tournament. No. I don't think so, at least. You get a Fez press from Kid Romeo when he throws Taff Cappy to the floor. Standards and practices come out? I'm not totally sure why. I don't know. The... But interesting development with standards and practices. <laughs> That's a way to describe it. Interesting development. I think they've decided that standards and practices is more marketable if it's just Stacey Keebler. So Lenny and Lodi come out in their standard Lenny and Lodi garb, not their standards and practices suits. It's not quite the the gay duo garb, but... It's the open short sleeve v-neck shirts and the um, tank tops. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they wear. But they were saying that the suits that standards and practices wear are carny. That was the adjective that they chose to use. Look at, look at the adjective. Carny. Carny. So now Miss Hancock is kind of on her own. She is the standards and the practices. I don't know, man. But she goes over to the commentary table, so you can imagine what commentary is like for this match. A lot of Tony Schiavone not watching the match and just watching Stacy's legs. They're still going. For days. For years. Romeo hits a spin kick and then a spinning insiguri. Missile drop kick to the artist and Paisley breaks up the pin. We then get an inverted suplex, which they call the Paisley Park, to Kid Romeo, and the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea wins, with that being his only move of the match. You could say that, I believe you. They don't really, they don't focus on this match for very long. The fact that you even recognize that there was a match called the Paisley's, what? The Paisley Park, apparently. When did they say his, that? They said it after he got the pin, because he does the inverted suplex, and then... Yeah, like, but they keep cutting away from the ring to the point where, like, I can't, you don't watch the match. The match... 
barely happens. Yeah, but we're just wh- looking at Stacy, Lenny, and Lodi. From what they were cutting to the match, Kid Romeo was an offense for like all of this, and I'm like, you're in a tournament. You need to make this guy look good if he's gonna, if he's going to keep going. I think the term tournament is pretty loose. I don't know. I think it's a tournament. I think they're, they're sorting out who they're actually going to put in there. Probably. I also wonder if they're debating whether or not to actually put Billy Kidman in or not. Like, do we want to give him that belt or no? <sighs> who knows? They don't know what they're doing. They said the word tournament, and now they're like, nah, I don't know what to do with the tournament. So, Psychosis and... Oh, wait, should they, did Psychosis win? I, remember. I have no idea. So, someone, so, whoever won on Nitro advanced, and so did the artist right now. Okay. Okay. And this is all going to pay off at the pay-per-view. None of this is going to matter. Swear to God, across my heart, none of this is going to matter. The fact that Psychosis won doesn't matter. To have Cappy winning does not matter. None of this matters. This is not going to come to fruition. I guarantee you they're going to drop the tournament before the next pay-per-view. I don't think there's going to be an end to this tournament. Oh, okay. He, I just confirmed. He did win. He beat Kaz Hayashi. But I, I don't know if you remember. There's been... like After... Sasha and Naomi walked out. They announced WWE announced there was going to be a tournament for the women's tag team championships, and they just like slowly just like, no, oh, never mind. That's what <laughs> I think is going to happen. I know the I know the cruiserweight title like is around. Yeah, they're just going to wait until they can give it to like I don't know David Arquette or something. Backstage, more NWO gambling. Some you know Vegas kind of guy comes in to sing, and they tell him no. Cool. I think the joke of that was it was a dude and not a girl. I mean, you know, it, it's the lounge singer kind of. Yeah, but I think they person. wanted a hot girl to like do the whole Marilyn Monroe thing. I think that's what they're going for. But it was like, yeah, you're a guy. Get out of here. I'm sure one of the thousand women you have in the room can do an impression. <laughs> Let's move on. It's going to be a short episode, guys. I'm just oh, telling fine. you now. It's the demon versus Terry Funk. Why? Okay. Riddle me that. I That I don't know. What? Why is the demon making his debut or his, I guess, match debut now? I don't know. His in-ring debut, yeah. Yeah, so I, it was previously incorrect about something. Yeah, you claimed that he had a feud with Vampiro. So, the first time we saw the Kiss demon appear. Was with Kiss. Was with Kiss. They did the concert and they did, there's a whole contract, you know, we're going to promote him. And then a week or two later, he came out to, like, stop Vampiro doing a beatdown, and he just kind of talked on the ramp. They were setting up something for the New Year's Evil pay-per-view that didn't end up actually being a thing. Because it was going to be a, a, a half-kiss concert, half-wrestling show pay-per-view. Okay. That didn't happen. They bailed on it. And so now, they're bringing the Kiss Demon back. I incorrectly said that the only time Brian Adams appeared as the Kiss Demon was... The first introductory segment. He also is it for the second segment, but he never he never wrestles a match as as the Kiss Demon. In this match, this is Dale Torborg, okay, who is engaged to Asia. Oh, so yeah, I don't know why this is going to happen now. I'm wondering if Slambury is the special main event he's going to have. <laughs> okay. Any other questions on the Kiss Demon? Why the fuck is he here? contractual obligation i just don't understand the appeal of him i don't understand where he fits in the roster i don't understand why he's fighting terry funk i don't understand why he is kiss why are we having kiss wrestle this is silly but not even like fun silly yeah the answer to a lot of those are contractual obligation why he's wrestling terry funk i don't know 
commentary doesn't try to fill in the blanks for. No. They just kind of like, this is happening. This is fine. Yeah. And it's and they don't really say why he disappeared for a little bit. So, yeah, but there's a match. They trade punches. Funk hits headbutts. Throws the demon around ringside. Then takes a swing at the referee, but the referee ducks. So the demon low blows Funk. Hits a double underhook suplex. Terry Funk then gets like an Oklahoma roll and rolls the demon around the ring in circles until he pins him. And Terry Funk wins. That roll sequence was wild. Yeah, it was a weird move. You had the demon. You had him lose his debut match. To an old man. With with no fanfare either. Just like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I I legitimately do not know if we see the kiss demon after the his his mate special match. Kind of hope we don't. Because what what does he bring to the table? Oh, that's a lie. I I know we definitely see him. I think that. Although I am curious how long they're going to call him the kiss demon. Because after a while, they just call him the demon, and they might already be doing it. I think yeah. I don't think they called him the kiss demon. I think we called him the kiss demon. They are just calling him the demon on commentary, at least. Yeah, actually, I I'm remembering he's he's there throughout the summer, so. We're not what? done with the nighttime soon. What does he bring to the table? It's not wrestling. It's not a lore. I mean, in terms of... It's not mystique. Yeah, I mean, I think it's meant to be a lore and mystique. Well, I mean, it's not. Admittedly, in terms of in-ring work, we didn't see a ton from him, but, you know, he wasn't David Flair. Like, he was not the drizzling shit. I guess, like, he's, yeah. He's whatever. We've actually seen him uh, before. I forget what the hell he did. I think he had some sort of, like, baseball gimmick or something. Yeah. Doesn't make me excited for more of the demon. No, I wasn't excited about him when he debuted with Kiss. I thought it was dumb then. I was kind of amazed that he has the God of Thunder theme song on 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 Peacock. Mm-hmm. They cut the segment from. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I was surprised to hear the music, although I'm wondering, is it Thunder? And the rules are a little Maybe. different on there. Because we have one of those moments a little later on the music. Uh, you know, not really counting. Yeah. Let's go to our next match. And we were like, okay, please be a guiding light here. It is Vampiro versus Kidman with Tori Wilson. Thank God for this match. I don't know if I noted it on the last episode, but Kidman comes out to his regular theme and not the Filthy Animals theme. Yeah, which is kind of nice. We get a gut wrench suplex early to Kidman and then a snap suplex and back suplex from, from Vampiro. And they're moving in fast forward. They clearly wanted a little more time in this match and... We're trying to cram it all in. Yeah, they're almost moving too fast. It's very swift. Yeah, Kidman does his like leg float over move that is just like him maneuvering around the ring. Like th- there was no follow up with it. And yeah, like, I mean, he... it was. Not, I'm not gonna say this was bad. No, no, no. I, I, I want Kidman to do something with that move. It, it, it's just a little like flourish right now, and I want it to be mm. a move. Speaking of flourish, Tori on the sideline. She's looking very Britney Spears. She was. Very hit me, baby, one more time. Except not red. Yeah. Kidman gets dumped to the floor and they throw each other around, including Kidman getting vaulted onto the announce table. Kidman kicks out of a spin kick and hits a pop-up Hurricane Rana, but only gets a two. Vampiro dodges a rebound clothesline, but Kidman rolls through an electric chair drop. Vampiro goes for a powerbomb. Kidman counters it, but not like that. No, yeah. Like, what? He just lands on his feet and then goes for Kidman faction. I wonder if he just wasn't quite in the right spot to do the face buster or like he wasn't lined up right. I mean, they botched it hard on on Nitro. So just like, that, I'll do that spot. Maybe not. Or they're trying to put that over as a finisher and because Kidman's not winning this match, don't do it. 
Maybe. I guess I still don't see the fin- the Space Buster as a finisher. I know it has been, but like it shouldn't be. Kidman signals for the shooting star press, goes up top, but gets stopped. You're like, damn it. Yeah, he hasn't done one of those in a while. Top rope nail in the coffin, and Vampiro gets the pin. Boo. It was a pretty good match, but it, it was, was rushed. Yeah, they were they were trying to do a lot in a little time. I wish that they had let this breathe a little more. Yeah, but you know you had to get the demon versus Terry Funk on the card. Oh, Otherwise, the show wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah, what would be the point? Yeah, also all the uh, gambling bits of the NWO. You know, you got to make course. sure. Yeah, that's the important part of the show. What do you? What's your problem? Speaking of gambling, why don't we go backstage? Well, before before we go back there, I assume they're going to do a couple more Vampiro Kidman matches. Probably. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to have Vampiro kind of turn heel. Vampiro is basically already heel. Yeah, I mean, in his attitude, but in terms of, like, who he's been wrestling, he's been a face. Vampiro is basically already a heel. If you're going to come at me with a stupid heel face dynamics, I'm going to fight you, because no. What has he done that's been a heel? He, he Vampiro, the character, is a heel. His attitude contributes to his in-ring work. We talked about how gracious he was in defeat on a, 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 when in the, with the yes, interview with me. he Jean. was. That's, you're right, but this, like, Vampiro is not a face. I want a more I want a more definitive heel turn from him if, if they're going to do this feud. I think he's already been a heel, but backstage, Lex and Liz has tor- head towards the ring. So does Buff Bagwell. We get more NWO gambling, and then the police come to the door to arrest somebody. So Nash gives them the lounge lizard. They come to arrest somebody because private gambling is illegal. Did you? Did, were you following that? Yeah, I just okay. <laughs> when you say arrest somebody, it sounds like you're not understanding the story that they're trying to put over. Yeah, it, yeah. So they're like, "Oh, we hear private gambling's happening. Who, who's in charge here?" And they push this guy out, and, and that's good enough. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I feel like they could have just watched the show. Why would they do that? Think <laughs> the police? Yeah, they're not going to sit down and watch a live show. It's not like they can stream it on their phones. They'd have to go find somewhere where there's a TV, then back it up somehow, get security footage. And then go verify it. Or, no, they're or, just going to go to the scene. It's or, 1999. It's, it's 2000. Or whoever filed the complaint would be like, hey, I'm pretty sure, that, you know, the the NWO commissioner is in charge, not this random man. Maybe they did, and he, they just don't know who the NWO is. Let's move on to our next match. It's Lex Luger versus Buff Bagwell. Lex makes his entrance, and his music stops, like, mid-pose, and they're like, oh, shit, I did still a little more. So they, like, restart it in, in just an awkward little... Uh, production mistake i didn't think it came off that awkward you found it a little bit more egregious i think that it, it didn't like it didn't feel like it hard stopped and then hard started it felt like a fade out fade in buff comes out no stupid hat on him breaking his mother's heart i guess <laughs> match starts commentary keeps noting that they don't know when sting will be back they're like ah, yeah around the end of the month and i'm like didn't he kind of return on nitro are we not counting that I don't think we should. I think that we should count that as a return in the same way that we count the crows as a return. There was actually somebody there. But it wasn't Sting. In kayfabe, I thought it was meant to be Sting. I don't know. It was a really bad silhouette. If they were trying to sell that as Sting. We got a buff taunt early on. Luger throws a tantrum, so buff mocks him and copies it. <laughs> Luger just kind of throws buff around. Nothing special in this match. I mean. Yeah. You telling me uh, the total package versus Buff Bagwell didn't over deliver? This also did feel kind of fast paced, where like they're trying to do a lot with a little time. We get a Vader bomb from Buff, and Lex hits a low blow. Commentary tries to excuse this by saying, "Oh, it was so quick, the ref couldn't see it." Like what? Think directly in front of him. The ref is blind. We get a comeback from Buff, including the blockbuster, his finisher, and mm. uh, 
goes for the pin. Liz comes in with the baseball bat and just fucking smacks Buff Bagwell across the neck with it. I'm like, Jesus. Okay, but back up. Because you're not following the entire chain of events that led to Liz being in the ring. So Buff goes up for the blockbuster, goes up to the top rope, sets it up. Liz is standing behind him with the bat. This is the perfect time to do a sneaky counter move. Like you do in every match. Like, like pull the ankle, low blow, something, pull him down. That would make sense. And she's standing there with the bat. She could do a low blow right there and he would fall and that would be it. That would make sense. You could play that off. It's like, oh, the ref didn't see it. No, she waits for Buff to do the actual move. He's in the ring. And then she gets in the ring as the ref is staring at the two of them. And she gets in the ring and just beats the shit out of him. Instead of doing the sneaky thing, she does it right in the face of the ref so that Lex gets disqualified. It's thunder. It doesn't count. (laughs) But, like, the poor choices of Liz were so egregious here that, again, like, my hatred of Liz grew in this segment. Luger works Buff over with the bat and security eventually breaks it up. We get We Want Sting Chance and then a really hard cut to commercial. Like, no yeah. warning. I mean, I don't think they wanted the We Want Sting Chance. I think they were trying to get away from that as fast as possible. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I mean, they talked about him at, at the start of the match, so who knows? But Who knows? I also wonder if this means Buff's going to be gone for a little while or did they stop it before he got severely injured? But Probably they were, that. like, talking about the baseball back to the neck. Like, yeah, he's had neck I mean, issues, they did so. hit him pretty hard. Yeah. So, could be either way. We go to commentary... They plug the Nitro Grill, which I think both of us totally forgot oh, about. Oh, yeah. I thought this was out of business by now. They throw to a three-count signing at the grill. Yeah, but commentary talks about this, like, three-count was at the grill, and they have a line going around the block. So many fans are there for them. Commentary says this. They also said something earlier in the night about three-count did something egregious. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'm like... But oh. they were talking about how many fans three-count has. That was the big thing. Yeah. So we cut to the nitro grill and we're going through the cafe or we're going through the restaurant and saying hi to all the fans and whatever and then we cut to what is very clearly just backstage at the arena yeah it's very much not at the restaurant and three counters just sitting at a table no one's coming up no one wants their headshots some girl comes up and asks if they're the backstreet boys and still doesn't want a headshot for some reason it was an autograph an autograph yeah but still yeah like you the backstreet boys yes you want an autograph no nah. Like, I would want the Backstreet Boys autograph. The Mamelukes come by to make fun of them, which... Really just a heckle. Yeah. They kind of loosely brawl, and that uh, is enough for our next match. Three counter in the ring and start the routine, but they are interrupted by the Mamelukes. And we do get a couple seconds of the three count song. Yeah, probably like 30 seconds. Which normally is edited out. Right. The way they decided to get around it on this show is they just play an additional song over it, but they're both at, like, the same volume. Yeah, so you can't tell what song is being played, so you can't copyright it. Yeah. It's a way to trick the algorithm. Yeah. Commentary has to thank their research department for, like, we recently found out what Mama Luke means. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, like, reading a dictionary definition of, of Mama Luke. Like, it means a knucklehead or buffoon. Yes. That fits. But yeah, I'm like, God, you, you, you needed some special department from Turner for that? Yeah. They have money to spare, Nick. <laughs> Not after Bring this year. Bring in the bacon. Three count dive to the outside onto the Mamelukes to start the match. Helms hits a spin kick on Vito and then a double suplex with Shannon Moore. We get a lame dancing elbow drop from Shannon Moore. I'm not a big fan of it. No. I mean, I, I like the three guys in three count, but I yeah. don't think that they're good wrestlers in this match. We get a big power bomb from Vito and then Johnny the Bull tags in. 
press slam from Johnny the Bull, and then Disco tags in. Disco's rocking the like Italian tracksuit pants. Like I think we were, we were saying the other week. Yeah, I think they're gonna phase out Tony Marinara. Oh, just have, they definitely are. Yeah, here there there was no dissension at all. Tony Marinara is gone. There is no my father's money anymore. He's swimming with the fishes. Maybe. Russian leg sweep and and Disco misses a dancing elbow drop. Commentary straight up says that like yeah three count three count can't fucking sing but they're good wrestlers. They can be both bad singers and bad wrestlers. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's just one of those. And it's hard to say that because I love Shane Helms. Like, the Hurricane's my boy. But you're not good in three count. Did you catch the strong Goldberg chants throughout this match? Uh, A little bit. I couldn't tell if they were Goldberg or boring, but I'm pretty sure they were Goldberg. Yeah, I mean. It's the same cadence, but I swear I heard the G. Yeah, I mean, we still have a little while before he comes back. Why during this match? It's boring and they want something good. Yeah, because what, what else? Yeah. Everything in this match breaks down for the finish. We get the double hip toss slam from the goons, and it, it gets a nice pop. Like that brings the crowd back to life. I mean, it's a good move. Last dance to Shannon Moore, and Johnny the Bull gets the pin. Woo. This was a match. I want to like three count more than I do. Yeah, I. We I still not showed you their like full proper entrance. Don't. Will that kill it for you? No, I just, I don't want to watch more bad wrestling on top of the bad wrestling that we're watching outside of the bad wrestling. We go backstage, Terry Funk and Arn Anderson are looking for Sid. For some reason. We go to the NWO office and all the games are gone. You know, the cops took them, everyone's sad. So Kevin Nash has a motivational speech to pep everybody up. And uh, the movie of this week is Animal House. Because he drops the, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Which, Sure. That's the line from the movie. I think I've seen Animal House like once, like 20 years ago. I don't know, man. But yeah, he tries to give this rah-rah speech. And I'm just like, ah. we're here for the gold. It's all about the belt. It's always been about money, power, and respect. It's about family. We had a few matches left. We wanted one that we weren't sure was going to be a match until it suddenly was. It's Booker T with Midnight versus Jerry Flynn. So... When Booker T was coming down, I looked over at Nick. I was like, oh, this is going to be Booker T versus Stevie Ray again, isn't it? And then fucking Jerry Flynn <laughs> runs down the ramp. They're like, sprinting. Okay, Jerry Flynn, why are you here? You have no beef with Booker T. Why are you part of this? No. They were all around ringside. Flynn works Booker over until until he misses a pump kick in the corner. Oh, yeah. And, oh, God, you like his like ankle like smashes on like the turnbuckle. Yeah, I don't know if it's his ankle or his knee, but something hits and it sounds Yeah, the, the, this, you could hear like a metal clink and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, God. Didn't feel good, that's for sure. Booker starts to come back, hits all of his big moves, and then hits a big spine buster and almost over-rotates for the pin, but manages to like get his balance and pins Jerry Flynn. Woo! Yeah, it was just like... All, it was quick. It was all the Booker T moves, and then he just won. And then like, he wins, oh. yeah. It was just a Rolodex. It was quick. Yeah, made him look good. Didn't make Jerry Flynn look good. No. I think I think that ship has sailed. Maybe. Also, Midnight, just, you know, happy to be there. All right, so at this point in the show, how are you feeling about watching Thunder? <laughs> Feel like it was a mistake. Yeah. It, this has been like, there was so much that happened in this show up to this point. We were both taking ferocious notes on what seems to have been, like, nothing. Really, going back through it, like, talking about it. It's like, why did we take all these notes? Also, admittedly, we've watched the previous Thunders. It's like more happened on those Thunders. I think I'm, I think I agree with you. But it feels like more was at stake on this Thunder. So more should have happened because it was a more high-stakes episode. I think it's just the title match that makes you think the stakes are high. Besides that, the stakes are low. 
Oh, we were also supposed to get more of a thing about the like backup or whatever. Well, relatedly to that, Terry Funk and Arn Anderson tell Sid they have a plan. And they're like, all right, get this whole game plan for tonight. It's going to be great. We got a plan. What's the plan, Nick? We'll get there. What's the plan, Nick? We'll get there. When? Because it's not this episode. I'll tell you that. The cat then comes out. Because why not? Because that's what we were missing. We were missing a a fuck you promo by the cat. He's wearing his red dancing shoes because apparently the audience was asking for the red dancing shoes. No, they weren't. No one was asking for the dancing shoes. No one is talking about you. But he just comes out, heels on the crowd, does his whole little thing, does a little dancey dance, and then that's it. By the way, Sonny Ono was released back in November, so... That tracks. There's no danger of him showing up as part of this act. Well, we haven't seen the cat since probably November, so that tracks. Yeah, he says he loves Vegas and says the crowd wants to see him dance so badly. And he loves the city but hates the people and just generally heals in the crowd and then dances. And that's it. Thanks, cat. The second show in a row where it's just been like... Why are you here? He's here. Why are you here? We then get Mean Gene interviewing Kimberly. She says that she and DDP have talked through things. And it's like, everything's great. Yeah. It sounds like they came to a consensus and they are in a good place communication-wise. Everything's fine. This is either we're dropping the buff storyline or she's about to turn on DDP. I the, think it's the former, honestly. I would say there's no in-between there. Something tells me that like DDP and Kimberly together did not like the storyline and they had enough pull backstage to be like, we're not fucking doing this. <laughs> I, I do wonder how much Kevin Sullivan booking is having an effect on that. Like, please don't book this, you know, estranged couple storyline. Has he already broken up with Nancy at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know when they got together. Uh, Yeah, they, they would have... That all would have happened in like 95, 96. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So it's not fresh, but it's still in his mind. Yeah. Oof. But yeah, something tells me that the the affair storyline's over. I think that's done. Yeah, and I mean... I might eat my words, but... I mean, you could make an argument that the, the match that they did on Nitro like, is a proper blow-off for the storyline. Mm-hmm. We didn't get Kevin Nash and Creative Control talking before the match, which I guess they're not Creative Control anymore, just... The Harris boys. Yeah. The Harris Nazis. Elsewhere backstage, Fit Finley and Brian Nobbs have a chat. Finley has this wrench he plans on using in the hardcore match and tells Nobbs to stay behind. Nobbs takes offense to this, so, so pickpockets Finley and steals the wrench. Dissension. We then go to our second last match of the night. It is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Finley. Which, honestly, both of us forgot that this match was coming. Yeah. Because we, we got to the point with um the cat and we're like, okay, the show's got to be almost over. And then just kept fucking going. Especially because, like, we cut to Nash and the Harris boys. and like, okay, well, we're going to that match yeah. next. Yeah, no. The winner of this match is going to face Brian Nobbs at Super Brawl. Cool. This match starts. The two brawl. Nobbs is watching. Finley grabs a table. Uh, the table. Finley, the table does get not get table. used. Which is unfortunate. Finley wants to suplex Bam Bam from the apron through the table, but it's countered and Finley gets suplexed into the ring. Bam Bam misses a diving headbutt, and then Finley goes for the Finley goes for the wrench, but it's not there. This distracts him enough for Bam Bam Bigelow to hit a very safe greetings from Asbury Park and pin Finley. Finley's pissed. Yeah, we actually see on the Titantron on the Titantron Brian Nobbs laughing and holding the wrench, like "Ha ha, I got your yeah. wrench! Ha ha, cost you the match!" 
And then we just see Finley run backstage. Never see the payoff of that. He just runs backstage, assumingly going after Nobbs. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I forget which one of them threatened to put the other in a coma recently, but... They have a very toxic relationship. Yeah. So I look forward to um, Finley getting involved in that match at the pay-per-view. Oh, for sure. It's not going to be a clean finish. Emily, you want to close this out with the main event? We powered through this. There wasn't there wasn't much to talk about. It, it felt like, we were, again, we were taking so many notes. But, like, in hindsight, why did we take so many notes? I don't know. My, I have less notes than usual. I have, this, like, the same amount of notes as usual. I usually have five pages of notes. I only had four for the show. I mean, that's not that much less. But it's the main event in caged heat for the, w, for the WCW title. It is Kevin Nash and Ron Harris versus Sid Vicious. What happens if Ron Harris pins Sid Vicious? No one knows. It's, yeah. It doesn't come up, and it's not gonna. Uh, it's not gonna matter. No backup from the rest of the NWO, and this isn't really acknowledged. Kind of just like I, I. I mean, I know it's a hell in a cell, but yeah, the NWO aren't around at all. No, no, it, it is kind of weird that they don't even like. They don't come down. They don't hype him up at the top of the ramp. Like nothing. They're just not there. Yeah, you would have thought. That, you know, Arn Anderson and Terry Funk's plan had something to do with keeping them at bay. You would think there was a plan. You would think there was something. The heels beat down Sid and throw him around the cage. This um, this goes on for a while. Oh, my God. All this match is, is beat down Sid, run around, beat down Sid, run around, beat down Sid. The end. Somehow, in a cage match... They have found a way to live in the corners. Yeah, they they go, never leave the corners. They go from corner of the cell to corner of the corner of the cell. That's the whole match. There's no moves. There's not even really suplexes. There's nothing. It's just corner beat down, run to the other corner, beat down, run to the other corner, beat down. That's it. This was the most boring cage match I've ever watched. More boring than um, Kidman versus the Wall. Well, seeing I don't remember that, so I guess it has that going for it. Sid kicks out of repeated pin attempts in the ring, which gets a big Sid chant. Sid powers up, and, and but that's too much excitement, so he gets low blow to yep. stop that. Yep, too much, too much. Sid finally counters a move and then throws them around the cage. In the ring, chokeslam to Ron Harris. Nash then hits Sid and drops the straps, getting them out. Get out the titties. For the ladies. Sid locks in a crossface and Nash taps out. You pointed this out while we were watching it. Nash did say Sid had to pin him. Yeah. I'm worried about that. He did not pin him. But uh, right now, title change number seven of 2000 already. Sid has won, won back the WCW title. I'm hoping the, the uh, you know, you made him tap out. Maybe it's just like, all right, at the pay-per-view, I'll get my revenge or something. Like, where's the competition committee on all this? <sighs> it's Kevin Nash. There is no competition committee. Well, there still is because... Uh, Terry Taylor was out here last week and being like, all right, here's the plan, folks. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know. But this was not a good match. And uh, before we go off the air, who's here, Emily? It's the backup. Finally, the backup has arrived. It's Ric Flair. He just he just, he just walks out, does a couple of claps, and clap. leaves. Yep. He, barely even, he, he barely even is acknowledged by commentary. He doesn't get a pop from the crowd. He doesn't do a strut, a woo, anything. It's just, I'm here. Bye. Fucking commentary's like, what was, was the plan? Commentary's like, was this a passing of the torch? What was the fucking plan? Oh, no. Terry, Funk, 
and Arn Anderson have been talking about, we have this plan all night tonight. They did it on Nitro. What was the fucking plan? I don't know, man. I like You know what would have made a lot of sense? Anything else. Have the NWO come interfere and you have Ric Flair make the save. Yes, that would have made that would have made more sense. Literally anything else other than what happened would have made sense. Like also, th- there was no reason that this needed to be a caged heat match. No, because they just lived in the fucking corners. They could have done that in the ring. They do do that in the ring. Yeah, but Ric Flair's back. Yay! Am I excited about that? <laughs> Not after that re debut. Yeah, that was. I was really looking forward to him being back, and you managed to kill a lot of my excitement mm-hmm. with this weird. Hey, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. Emily, of all the of all the wrestling shows we've reviewed, that was certainly one of them. Sure was. That sure was an episode of television. <laughs> any any other thoughts on the show as a whole? I don't want to watch this show anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Nitro will be more exciting. I don't, I don't wanna. I don't wanna do it anymore. Ugh. Is it, is it better or worse that we're gonna have to stockpile episodes for the wedding? Oh, you're gonna listeners, you're going to hear us get so unhinged. In the month of July, I don't know. I don't. You won't know that it's July because these, those will go through probably September. But that block of episodes, we're gonna be pretty unhinged. I'm gonna be stressed, and then we're gonna be watching bad wrestling on top of it, and having to talk about it. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here with my phone and getting texts from you know bridesmaids and my mother and my planner. I'm like, and then there's fucking Ric Flair or something. Kevin Nash is here again, I guess. Like the funniest part of all that is gonna be. Some of those are going to come out post-wedding, so you're you're going to listen back to how stressed you were in the moment. (laughs) And God forbid the wedding doesn't happen. We're still going to have those in the can. Yeah. You running out on me? Yeah, exactly. Well, Emily, you want to to round this out with best bit, worst bit MVP? The Vampiro Kidman match was the only thing worth remotely watching on this. And I wouldn't even recommend people go seek this out to watch this, but that was the only watchable thing on this episode. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Worst bit, do you have one? Liz not knowing what the fuck to do in a wrestling ring. She, she's your LVP. She really is. Uh, I'm going to go with Terry Funk versus the Demon. Ugh, that was pretty garbage. We were saying on the last episode how, like, oh, Bam Bam Bigelow managed to, like, build it back up a little bit. They, like, exact opposite thing here. It's like, all right, we're going to debut a character, and you already should not care about him. Right. And Emily, who's your MVP? I'm going to ask you to go first, because I don't. <laughs> yeah, they, both of us are struggling hard on this. Norman Smiley, you brought me joy at the start of the show. Made me think things were going to be okay. They weren't, but uh, that was I, such a shit match, though. He was fine in it. I liked yeah. his entrance. He, he he sparked joy. Okay, well, if we're going with sparked joy, Taff Cappy's fun to write. <laughs> that gave me joy. <laughs> all you That's all I got, man. Jesus Christ, Ugh, man. Emily, we're not reviewing an, another Thunder until episode 99. So we have that going for us. Okay. So we've got 20 more episodes in between. Thereabouts. 19 more episodes in between. So next up is going to be the January 31st Monday Nitro. Sorry for the quick one, guys. There was just not much on this. and. Uh... But I still want to die. Yeah. It's this still the same amount of existential dread. Ah, so this really was an episode of the Busted Seat Podcast. Sure was. Where can they listen to us? If some For some fucking reason, yeah. they want to listen to our back catalog. Where would they listen you to that? You can listen to some of our more full episodes <laughs> on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and we just uh, put up, went up on a new one called Deezer. Deezer. 
What about social media? Where would they go to follow us on social media? Well, Emily, you run all that. You want to tell them? You take it over every <laughs> week, so I feel like you should continue it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Butts in the Pod and on Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Emily. <laughs> the apology. I feel like I'm, I mean, maybe I should have scouted this one out before. Uh, yeah. Well, look. It's also nice that you don't know what's going on sometimes. Look, on the next Thunder, I'm sure there won't be any terrible booking choices made. I don't want to do it. You know, I realize it is kind of fitting for uh, David Arquette to have appeared on the last Nitro. Mm. Now we're doing a Thunder. Mm. But until the next Nitro and our regularly scheduled programming, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for bearing with us this episode of the Butts in the Seas podcast. Oh, God. Bye. <laughs>